Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. In our podcast, we provide support for school leadership and the workplace with a proven approach for implementing social and emotional learning. As it's well known in our schools today and emotional intelligence in the modern workplace with a proven strategy to increase well-being, achievement, and results backed by the most current neuroscience research. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and former educator who, like you, knows firsthand about stress in today's schools and corporations, along with the effects that this stress has on our well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. In this podcast, we will provide you with the tools, resources, and ideas to implement proven strategies backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to achieve the long-term gains of implementing these success strategies in your daily life. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit AchieveIt360.com. AchieveIt360.com. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. As a recap, in our first episode, we shared with you the why behind implementing an SEL or emotional intelligence training program in your school or workplace. In this episode, we'll introduce the six social and emotional learning competencies that we'll be diving deep into over the next six weeks. With each competency, we'll investigate the best practices and strategies that educators and the workplace can use for themselves to develop and improve their own SEL and emotional intelligence and well-being practices before extending these strategies to their districts, schools, classrooms, workplaces, and communities. We'll offer ideas, tools, and resources in the show notes section so that anyone can apply these skills themselves and then teach others for improved results, focus, and productivity. With the buzz of the importance and need of social and emotional learning in our schools, and emotional intelligence training in our workplaces, we all know that developing a child's SEL skills is just as important as their academic content to ensure student motivation and success throughout their school years, as well as their future careers. We do know that students with strong SEL health demonstrate self-control, communicate well, problem solve, are empathetic, respectful, grateful, gritty, and optimistic. All of the skills our workforce is actively looking for. We also know that neuroscience has advanced our understanding of these SEL skills. We know there's a clear connection between educator cortisol increase and student cortisol increase, meaning that when teachers are stressed, the students will also be stressed. And that teachers who demonstrate social and emotional learning are more likely to stay in the classroom longer because they're able to work more effectively with challenging students, one of the main reasons for educator burnout. This is something I remember really well since this was one of the reasons I left the classroom over 20 years ago. I wish I knew the research and had some of the tools that I know now and the importance of working on myself before considering an impact on others. I hope these ideas can offer solutions to deepen the student-teacher relationship, as well as connect teachers back to their profession, providing them with that feeling of autonomy and peace that we all look for in our workplace. We also know that in the corporate world, these skills aren't new, but they're newly important and of high urgency to, to develop in our future generations. 
A recent survey showed that 58% of employers say college graduates aren't adequately prepared for today's workforce, and those employers noted a particular gap in social and emotional skills. Our goal with this podcast is to close this gap by exploring these six social and emotional learning competencies as a springboard for discussion and tie in how an understanding of our brain can facilitate these strategies. We want the ideas you take away with you to be actionable, whether you're an educator working in a school, an employee or manager in a corporation, or someone just looking to take their skills to the next level. We've done all the research for you and look forward to hearing about the results you create. So let's begin today and kick off our first SEL competency to know yourself with self-awareness since to know thyself is the most substantial achievement that we can have in our lifetime. American author, speaker, and entrepreneur Jim Rohn quoted, the major value in life is not what you get, it's what you become. So let's take a deeper look. What is self-awareness? Why do we need it? And how can we get more of it? Self-awareness is the ability to see ourselves clearly, understand who we are, how others see us, and how we fit into the world. When we have self-awareness, we have a power within ourselves because there's a comfort in knowing who exactly we are and how we fit into the world. Research shows that people who are more self-aware have stronger relationships, they're more creative, competent, and better communicators, and they perform better at work. The first step is to know thyself and then build yourself up with self-esteem and courage. Have you ever taken time to really think about who you are, where you fit into your school, your workplace, your community, state, country, or even the world? Do you know what your purpose is? Your why, why are you here? If you're a teacher, you're more than just an educator. If you're an employee, you're more than just an employee sitting at a desk in your corporation. But have you actually thought about who you are? If you're working in the corporate world, I know you're more than just what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but take some time to think about who you are. Let's say that you're considering a new job, but you lack some of the skills listed in the job description that you're looking for. And you know that you can learn these new skills, but you don't believe it just yet, but you've got to convince the person that's going to be interviewing you that you can handle the job. So the key to increasing your self-esteem is to build up the image of yourself, and you got to do that, that's an inside job, creating new neural pathways in your brain of your desired self-image and weaken the old negative self-image, the one that's not working for you anymore. So you can do this, build your new self-image in a few different ways, but some of the most effective and proven strategies are first use daily guided meditation to focus on building the new neural pathway in the brain, thinking about the desired outcome. So we've heard about the value of visualizing what you want. Um, When you're visualizing or imagining, your brain can't distinguish between what is real or imagined. So um, by imagining it, you can start to create those pathways in your brain. You could also use affirmations to create these new neural pathways. You can stop caring about what other other people think and just be yourself and ignore the naysayers and then stop comparing yourself to others. So start to really live into the position that you would like. So building a strong self-esteem, which is what you think of yourself and a strong self-image is how you think others see you 
will build you the confidence that will build the competence you'll need for the new position. So let's put this into an, an action step, whether you're an educator working in a school, an employee in a corporation, an athlete on a sports team, we've got to know how our identity fits into the goals of our organization, school or team for us to all reach whatever levels of achievement we want. Once we know how we fit in, then we can hone those skills to together take us to the next level. But there's got to be that reason that goes beyond, you know, why you're showing up on a day-to-day basis. And schools have a role in shaping student development of their identity, their agency, help students to create their sense of purpose and learning, as well as to help prepare students to that reach that higher level of knowledge and skills that they need to be uh, as a thriving adult. So for educators, do you think about the identity of each of your students? Who are they? Do you know something about one of each of them? Do you know and use their name? Can you keep up a conversation with them? Do you know what your students are passionate about? Can you tie this into your lesson? Beware of our tendency to teach others how we like to learn best and remember individual student needs. So we can keep this in mind. We can continue to engage our students to figure out who they are. For workplace managers, do you know your team members? Just like an educator who knows what motivates their students, what motivates your employees? Why are they in their current position? Can you tie this into your day-to-day interaction with them? Once you know yourself, it's more about aligning yourself to who you figured out you are. And you'll know when you're off track, you'll just know it, you'll feel out of sync and disconnected, and it'll be up to you to know yourself well enough to figure out how to get yourself back on track where things flow. Another strategy for becoming more self-aware is to not limit yourself. Remember to be careful of labeling yourself based on past performance. Self-analysis can trap us if we don't learn to let go of the past. You know, when you think, well, it didn't work before, so I'm not going to go that route. We can't base our decisions of what we're going to be um, doing in our future based on what happened in the past. So when things go wrong in our lives, it can taint our self-image. And, you know, we we don't want to try something new because it didn't work out and prevent us from reaching the things that we really want to go for. But be careful of this trap because... Uh, sometimes when you think about things that failed and you might have learned from them, um, not that there's anything wrong with how you did it, it just wasn't meant for you at that specific time. So, you know, think about when you have failed in your past, what you learned and how that can catapult you a bit further. Another strategy is to keep stretching yourself. Have you ever been given an assignment where you thought there was no way you could complete it? It just seemed to be above your head, above your current capabilities. I definitely have had this happen to me, but I still accepted the assignment with the goal to grow and challenge myself. And it feels incredible when you actually complete something you thought you could never do in the start. So what we find is that we don't know what we don't know and that we're capable of doing much more than we think we can accomplish. So be sure that every quarter, at least four times a year, you're thinking about if you're really stretching yourself with your career, your work, your finances, your health, your relationships, and your contribution to the world. Is there something you've always wanted to do, but you just have no idea where to begin? Start by writing it out and then look for somebody who's done what you want to do. Finding a mentor or coach to guide you along the way is definitely a strategy to help you to take action. Somebody's done what you want to do. 
Another strategy for becoming more self-aware is to know your values. Do you know what values are important to you? Life and decision-making become so much easier when you're clear on your top values. I keep five in front of me at all times when I'm working within my eyesight. In the corner of my eye, I can see them, so when something comes up, it's not difficult to just glance over, and it's something I've already acknowledged is important to me. There's many ways that you can uncover your values. You can hire a coach to help you discover what they are, like I've done, or discover them just by having some introspection of what you think is important. An activity to try is to take out a piece of paper and on one side label, I want this in my life, and on the other side, I don't want this in my life. So think about your personal life and your career and your work life and just start to fill out the list of all the things that you want or don't want. You should be able to identify common themes or words that emerge as your values or things that you want in your life. You can also become clear of things you don't want in your life by thinking about all the things that weren't going right in your personal or work life. When things aren't going right, usually it's because you're going against your values. Common themes will start to emerge on both sides and you can identify the things that are important to you. For me, my top values include health, growth, and challenge. So when making decisions, I usually think, will this project offer me growth and challenge? If not, I'm usually gonna pass up the project as I'll probably be bored and I won't do my best work. And the same goes with learning how you operate in your personal life. If something goes against your values, you'll know it and you just won't be as productive and you'll feel conflicted. It's a lot easier to know your values up front to eliminate making choices that just aren't right for you. Another strategy to know yourself is to create a morning routine. Creating a morning routine will help you simplify your life and help you to warm up your brain. When you wake up, the oldest part of your brain begins to drive you towards your goals that have rewards attached to them. So you can make it easier on your brain and eliminate decision fatigue where you waste energy unnecessarily and set yourself up for success with some careful planning the night before. Research shows that if you can take some time for a morning routine that involves becoming aware of your mental state, your brain will function much better for the rest of the day. So you'll be able to do more with less stress. Focus on the positive parts of your day. Visualize overcoming any obstacles that you might foresee. And then prepare for your day the, the night before that to eliminate decision fatigue. So if you have a routine that you do every day, it becomes a habit and you'll start to notice that, that things will become easier. Finally, be more outward focused. Think about how you can help others. For educators, remember to turn your attention to your students. Do you have strategies to help them discover their strengths? Help them find out what they're passionate about? How can you help bring their strengths and passions into your lessons to help motivate them? Do you have ideas of what interests them to tie into the career that they're working towards to use in your lessons? I remember once I was working with a student just last year and I gave I wanted him to speak in class and so I just crafted a question around something he was interested in. He liked working on cars in his spare time. So I crafted the question that way to get him to answer the question and his face lit up as he was talking about his answer. Workplace, think about who are your employees? How can you help support and encourage them? Uh, do you take the time to connect and check in with them on a weekly basis? Do you know what motivates them? What can you do to encourage them further? 
the outcome and results for this, when we can identify our true self, we can begin to focus on the difference that we're gonna make for others, not dwelling on past mistakes, but use them as a catalyst to learn and grow and create more meaning in our lives. So to recap this episode on the six steps to becoming more self-aware, we covered. Number one, take some time to get to know yourself and discover your identity. Learn how you fit into your school, community, workplace, organization, or team. Improve your courage with a strong self-image, what you think of yourself. Having a strong self-image is crucial to ensure that nothing will knock you off your goals. However, everyone will experience self-doubt and have some strategies in place to help you move past the blocks and use mentors to guide you along the way. Number two, don't limit yourself. Be careful not to base your future decisions of what you think you're capable of doing from the past. Number three, keep stretching yourself to reach beyond where you think you can go. Find a mentor or coach to guide you along the way. Number four, know your values and decision-making and life becomes much easier. Number five, create a morning routine to simplify your life. Number six, be outward focused and give back to others. This wraps up our second episode on strategies to become more self-aware. Next episode, we'll dive deeper into social awareness and looking beyond yourself to help others. See you next time. enjoying the neuroscience meets social and emotional learning podcast please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes while you're there please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us for more information on our programs books and tools for schools and the workplace visit us at www.achieveit360.com 